Hey, hello again, everybody. My name is Dan Sixsmith. Welcome to Sales is King, the new podcast where we talk about everything going on in the sales world today and how to make us better sellers in an increasingly difficult marketplace. So the subject of today's podcast is going to be about preparation and prepping for sales calls and how important it actually is and why it really is the key to, deter- to, to determining who is successful and who isn't. So if you look at some analogies, look at pro athletes. When they get up to the plate, when they get to the game, when they get to the free, th- free throw line, their ability to perform really is a direct result of the amount of work that they're putting in, the amount of practice. How many free throws have they taken in practice? How many at-bats did they take in the batting cage before the game? Um, In addition, you know, the movies, theater, how many rehearsals are done before the actual play takes place? How much work do you have to put in to learn your lines? So in a similar fashion, today, the salesperson needs to be doing that prep work so that when they do get up to the plate, when they do get to that meeting, finally, with the prospect after 90,000 emails and phone calls and all kinds of other uh, interruptions, you know, are they able to perform? And what do we do? And how do we make the most of it? So that's what we'll talk about today. Um, No articles necessarily to really reference, but just some kind of uh, collective wisdom and information that I've pulled together um, over the course of the last number of years. So in terms of preparation, number one for me is expect the unexpected. Uh, You know, I never like to be unprepared in a sales meeting. And what I try and do is figure out all possible angles of weird things that might happen, who might show up unannounced, what sort of competitor may be referenced, what sort of other bizarre type of request may come down the pike. And by doing that, it gives me more confidence to actually go into the call, and I feel like I've got all my bases covered. Now, the flip side of that is being able to think on your feet, right? So, um, but I find that, you know, trying to anticipate as many of the objections, as many of the crazy requests, um, you know, the the tenor of the meeting, uh, to try and anticipate perhaps a hostile meeting. um, These are all ways that you can feel more confident going in. And this actually goes way back to my very first sales call uh, back in the textile days many, many moons ago. But I'll never forget it. You know, um, the uh, customer had asked us to make, we were in the drapery business, a customer, a drapery fabrics business, a customer had asked us to make a special fabric for them. And I walked into his office and I laid the fabric out on the table and he proceeded to take it and throw it at me. And it actually landed and covered my face. So uh, needless to say, I was uh, in a bit of shock as a newbie just out of school trying to make my mark as a salesperson. Uh, And uh, I wound up getting a fabric thrown in my face. And I was shocked, 
really did not know what to do, kind of uh, picked up my belongings and said we would go back and try and fix it and do it the right way. So, you know, that kind of taught me a valuable lesson. Of course, I remember it. Uh, number one, because it was my first uh, sales call ever. And number two, because there was a huge amount of emotion tied to it, right? I was absolutely shocked and nervous and completely caught off guard. So expect the unexpected. Prepare for all the different scenarios that might happen. I just want to turn off my email here because it's making some noise. Uh, and be ready. So that's number one. Number two is hit the social channels and get prepared, right? Hit LinkedIn, hit Twitter, check your Google alerts, Yahoo Finance. Get as much information about the company and as about the prospect as possible. What is that prospect sharing on LinkedIn? What's important to him? What are some of the issues that you see that are near and dear to his or her heart? Um, what's going on with the company? Are they doing well uh, or are they struggling? Where are they struggling and why? Who are their competitors and who's doing better and why? Gain as much knowledge as you can and then start to position you and your solution as something that can help this prospect accomplish his goals and reach his goals, right? What we were, what we learned in the last episode of Sales as King is that on the USC study of why deals don't close, the number four reason was that the seller was too self-centered. The buyer didn't feel like he understood his issues and challenges. So do the research. It's going to give you confidence and it's going to actually make you sound very smart and hopefully gain the trust of the buyer, which as you might remember from our last episode, the number one reason why deals do not close is that the buyers don't trust the salesperson. So earn his trust by doing the homework and understanding a lot about that person's situation. Be empathetic and get in there and talk about how you might be able to help. So that's number two check out the social channels. Number three, prepare a list of questions. What questions are you going to ask the prospect? What do you want to know about his situation? Make sure they're intelligent questions. Obviously, they can be leading questions that kind of move into your solution and your company and how potentially you can help. But the questions need to be empathetic. They need to show that you care and understand the person's business. Number four, how will you establish a personal connection? Once again, going back to that study from last week, um, number seven reason why deals don't close, the buyer felt that there was no personal connection with the seller. So how can you make this sales call a fun and interactive sales call? How can you teach the prospect some new things that perhaps he didn't know before, but again, in a kind of way that the prospect enjoys your company, enjoys your style? Think about that. Think about ways that you can establish that personal connection. And we're not talking about, like we said last week, we're not talking about you know, picking up the picture on his desk and asking about his kids' little league game. And that's, that's okay. But, you know, 
it's that subject matter expertise to establish the connection, and then we can talk about the Little League game or the you know World Series game or the Giants issues, etc. So that is our last point. Let's go to the next point. Um, what new insights will you bring? Okay, so we know that one of the big issues today, um, and one of the reasons why there are all these articles being written about, you know, the extinction of the salesperson, is that buyers can simply go online, research your company, your solution, other companies, other solutions, and they can make their own decision, and they don't need salespeople. So when you get to the plate, when you get to the meeting, you want to have new information. You want to have commercial insights, things that are not on your website, things that only you might know, that only you can bring to the party. Then you instantly become a credible, valued partner. And that's what salespeople are looking. They're looking for, I mean, not salespeople, sorry. That's what buyers are looking for. They're looking for credible, strategic partners that understand their business. So think about those insights. Think about maybe a case study or maybe something about their competition or some other industry insights or benchmarks that you can bring to the table to stand out from the rest of the crowd. The next point is to be prepared to ask the buyer, first of all, is he the buyer? Number one, does he have the budget? Can he make the decision? Can he make the decision on his own? And if he can't, who else is going to be involved in the decision? This is definitely an old school tactic, um, but it's going back and asking the buyer, first and foremost, if he has interest in what you're talking about. And if he does, who else does he need to bring in to help purchase your solution? It might be more than one person. As we know from the CEB research, the average today is 6.2 in the buying committee. So he may need to bring in five of his buddies to make the deal. Uh, so find out who those people are um, and then ask the buyer if he's going to support you and support this solution and run it up the flagpole and bring others to the party and be prepared to ask for the second meeting. Don't walk out of that call without another meeting on the calendar. And if that prospect is unable to give you that meeting, then there's a good chance he doesn't believe in you or your solution. And it's game over right then and there. So don't be afraid to ask for that second meeting and don't be afraid to ask that prospect if he'll support you in the organization and move this along. Because you know what? You're better off knowing right then and there that you've got a problem instead of going on for months and months and months sending this guy emails that go unreturned. So that's point number seven. Point number eight, what objections might you encounter and how will you close those objections? How will you refute those objections? Because if you are unprepared for those objections and you do not solve those objections, then guess what, guys? There's still going to be objections sitting out there, 
and you got yourself a stalled deal. So prepare, You've, you know from being out there what the common objections are and you know how to answer them. You should know how to show that your solution is actually the right solution for that buyer and to overcome his objections, whether they're on price, whether they're on lead time, um, whether they're on you know budget availability and you know other people in the decision, you should have a list of the objections and you should have your responses ready to go and prepared so that you can turn the, those objections back on the prospect and keep the momentum going. Um, for example, uh, you could say things like, you know, I know there must be some hesitation uh, here. Uh, in you looking to move forward, help me understand what that is. So um, you want to uncover those objections, right? Because sometimes the buyer or the prospect doesn't tell you that they, you know, that they might have uh, a reservation. So ask, um, ask them in in a you know in a professional way to tell you what those issues are, so you can solve them and overcome them. Very important. Um, let's see what else we have on our hit list. I think I've covered all of the main ones that I wanted to cover uh, today in meeting prep. We're probably going to need a version two because I'm sure I've probably forgotten something, but I'm sure my friends on Anchor will call into the station and tell me how many of the important preparation uh, points I might have forgotten. But, you know, for sure, stay you know focused on your craft. Listen to the experts. You know, I personally try and listen to a number of podcasts um, over the course of the week. You know, Grant Cardone is excellent. You know, Brad Lee is phenomenal. I don't know if you guys are listening to him. It's L E A. Um, he's an entrepreneur who's outstanding. Um, and he has a great podcast. Um, Andy Frisella is another one, and he is an amazing guy. He's another entrepreneur, but you could learn a lot from him. It's called the MF CEO Project. And uh, just a word of caution, the language is lively, but I love it. He's direct, he's brutally honest, and he's built a tremendous business. So stay you know, in touch with what's going on with the people who are tremendously successful. Keep your preparation going. I'd say the last point is, you know, learn. Uh, I put up a post on LinkedIn. Uh, it was a Conor McGregor quote that said, I never lose. I either win or I learn. So if you lose or if a meeting goes poorly, you know, learn from what happened and just say to yourself, you'll get them the next time. You know, don't dwell on the losses, but learn from the losses and then move on and keep those wins coming. So until our next episode, I look forward to talking to you again and have a great week. Have a great Labor Day and we'll be talking again soon. Cheers.